Happy birthday, kid. And then what will some of the other ones you're going to teach? Pastor Mark, sheet up in the air. Declaration declaring that God is ready to speak to our spirit. We're ready to receive it. We're ready to go out of here different than the way we came in. Amen. We're ready to receive fresh bread. But if I set bread in front of you and you don't really eat it, don't really receive it, does no good. Amen. So you got to say, I'm in receptive mode. I'm ready for the word, the seed of the word to hit my spirit. And impact my spirit in such a way that I grow into something I've never been before. I maybe want to break out of a cycle. You want to break out of everything you've always been and get past and go become something you've never been before. A new creature, a new creation, something that God pinned for me to be from before the foundations of the earth. I want to become something powerful in Him. I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to know what that purpose is and I want to become what He said I could be. Nothing holding me back. Amen. Amen. So say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to hear and apply His Word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say. I can never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap your people, high five, and say you got to keep first things first. Amen. <laughs> All right, well, open up your note sheet and let's get started with the word. Yeah, we have a note sheet here. We use a note sheet. Why? Because I want you to learn something. Amen. I want you to use your brain. I want you to hear from God. Amen. And when you leave, I want you to know what you learn. You've got those scriptures that becomes your study sheet all week long. Amen. So um, you're just going to follow along and fill in the blanks with this this morning. So we've been looking at this year. God spoke at the beginning of the year. That this would be a year of tremendous fruitfulness. Amen. So number one, fruitfulness is God's will and purpose for my life. You have been purposed. To grow. You've been planted like a seed in the earth. He, it's no accident that you were born in the year that you were born. Amen. He planted you here. He planted you in the kingdom of God. You didn't choose him. You think you chose him. But he, he said, no, I chose you. I came knocking on the door of your heart and you responded to me. But I'm the one who came and got you out of a pit. I'm the one who came and lifted your life up. I'm the one who took you out of, out of, out of blindness and brought you into my light. He's the one who came and got us. Amen. But, but, so, so he, he came for us. He chose us and he purposed us and he put us here. He scheduled us. He put us in the earth for such a time as this. So you get saved, come into the kingdom of God, get grown up. That we would grow up into Christ-like maturity. See, there's, there's a scripture that talks about growing up into the stature and fullness of Christ. Growing up into the stature and the fullness of Christ. When you read it in one translation, it calls it the standard height of Christ's own perfection. That we would seek to grow from, from being babes in Christ, which are precious. But it's the will of God that you would grow into a full-grown soldier. Amen. Ready to handle business. Yes. Amen. That's the will of God. So we can't stop short. 
We can't let our growth get stunted. We can't say, well, I've come, you know, I've got saved, ain't that enough? No, God wants your life. He needs your life. You're a tool that he placed here on earth for such a time as this. Amen? A weapon in his hand. So it's up to us to choose to get grown. Amen? To, 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 um, to, to fulfill our purpose in life. So in the garden, right after creation, God gave mankind instructions. He made us in his image and in his own likeness. Don't ever forget that, that you are a speaking spirit just like God. Genesis 1, 27 through 28 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Don't ever forget that you're blessed. Amen. I don't care what you're living or what it looks like, you are blessed by God. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So fruitful is separate from multiplication. You know, having babies. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Could you underline that? Have dominion. Be fruitful. Subdue the earth. Multiply. Have lots of babies. But he says, I want you to have dominion. He puts you here for the created purpose to have dominion in the earth. To be fruitful. What does that mean? It means to be productive. To be producing good results. Abundant growth. And as we come into Christ, we have to grow spiritually. And constantly be on a growth track. As long as you're here, you're on a growth track. Long as you're alive, I'm surprised how much I learned. Even though I, you know, been been 25 years this year walking with the Lord, still every day there's something that it shows me. Yeah. Something, some area that I grow in because I've given myself to Him for that. John 15:16, He says here, "You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed, scheduled you, put you in the world, that you should go and what." And that what? Your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father, in my name, he may give you. Message translation says, as fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. So you get to a place where you get so much word stored up on the inside of you. That's why firm foundation is so important. Because you gotta know how to walk. You gotta know how to war. You gotta know who you are in Christ. You gotta, you gotta know what you're standing on. You gotta get to know the rock. Amen. We have what, 18 people in Firm Foundation this morning. I'm so proud of y'all. I'm preaching to the choir. But I'm so proud of y'all for being in Firm Foundation. Because that means you're gonna get a, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna be standing on the rock of ages. Amen. You'll be able to stand through any storm. You'll be able to, to, Rightly divide the word of truth and use the word. Amen? How to accurately use the word in your life. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to grow up. Grow up and be a fruit bearer so that you know the word so well that you're asking accurately. Amen. See, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And then you ask and don't receive because you ask amiss. Because you ask wrong. We've got to know that our prayers, that our asking, it all comes down to prayer, y'all. It all comes down to you using your mouth. It all comes down to you speaking God's word into existence. That's why he put us here, to be a fruit bearer. Amen. That's what it all comes down to. A fruit bearer means mature, means planted, and if you're planted, it means you're stable. 
Amen. Connected. So he put us here to mature and bear fruit. Now at creation, he pointed to a dark sky and he said, shine. And it's been shining ever since. Ever since. He said, light be. Light shine. And look at this. Genesis 1.16. Then God made two great lights. We know he's talking about the sun and the moon. The greater light to do what? Rule the day. Rule the day. And the lesser light to do what? Rule the night. So would you put a circle around rule the day and rule the night? The assignment for the sun was not just to shine, but to rule. The assignment for the moon is not just to light up the night sky, but it's to rule. Light was created to rule. That's powerful right there. Its assignment is to overcome darkness and to rule over darkness. So number two, he made light to rule and reign over darkness. Amen. He made light to rule and reign over darkness. So a candle doesn't complain because it's dark, right? It does, a, a candle just shines and it suddenly it's not dark anymore, right? Because the light dispels or sends the darkness away. It overcomes the darkness. You overcome darkness with light. But darkness can never overcome the light. Because light is light. Do you see that? Darkness can never overcome the light. Light is light and it always overcomes. If we turn out every night in this place and I just flipped on my cell phone, all your eyes would go to that cell phone, right? Because it's light and light just interrupted darkness. Woo, that's a good word right there. Light just interrupted darkness. Now you know where I'm going. Look at Matthew 5.14. You are what? You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your what? Good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And look at it in the message translation. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. So you're here to be the light of the world. So that you can rule and reign over darkness. You have the same, the same assignment as the sun and the moon. Rule over the dark. That's why God needs us to get grown up, get stable, get planted in your church, get on that prayer call every morning, lend your agreement to it, amen? Because we're, we're, we're overcoming darkness with the light. We're overcoming the enemy's agenda. Yeah, we're living in the dark times. There's dark things happening in the earth and in our country. There's things happening, sure enough. But you know what? We overcome it with the light. We overcome it with our prayers, amen? He's called us here. He put us here to overcome every evil thing. Every bit of darkness. He put us here to rule and to reign. I'm going to stay right here till y'all get it. He said he put me here. So, no, y'all, come on, like an army. Y'all, that was pitiful. That's not acceleration, church. Come on now. Say, he put me here. 
a more fulfilled life, a purposeful life, a meaningful life. And we're not just living for ourselves or living by our emotions. You can't live by your emotions. I, one of the most freeing days of my life was the day that my pastor told me, because I used to cry about everything. Well, my pastor said to me one day, well, you don't have to cry just about everything. I'm like, I don't. I thought I was just sensitive. It's just how I am. It's just the way God made me. No, he made me to rule and reign. He made me to rule over my emotions because emotions are a good tool, but they're a terrible taskmaster. It was when Cain slew Abel that he got all up in his emotions because his, his, his offering wasn't accepted, but his brother's was. He was jealous. So then he got angry. And God said, look, what, what's, what's, going on? what's going on with you, Cain? Why are you in assault? Why are you pouting? He said, if you do well, you'll be accepted. He said, but if not, sin lies at the door. He said, but you must conquer it. In other words, you've got to conquer this anger. You've got to conquer this so that the fruits of God can live, live through you. Amen? Amen? So we have to let the, the fruit of God grow in us. That means we have to conquer every other area. Amen? Amen. So we're tapping into the potential for a better life. And so to do that, we have to live a kingdom first life. That's why this month is about first things first in February. First things first in February. Letting the first things be the first things. When we put God first, that's the life that, that's going to be a blessed life. So first things first is number two here. Number one, a fruitful life is achieved through the power of a kingdom first mindset. We have to have the mindset that the kingdom is first in our lives. That we keep the kingdom at the top of our list. Amen. On the forefront of our mind. Matthew 6, 33 in the Amplified. Look what it says here. It says, but seek. Aim at and strive after. Would you circle the word seek right there? Aim at and strive after. Aim at and strive at. Strive after. If you were aiming right now, if you, if you were aiming, that means you'd have to focus on one thing, right? Yes. If you're going to aim at something, you have to do what? You got to focus. You got to focus on it. So he's saying you got to aim at. You got to strive after. You got to focus. First of all, his kingdom. So seek, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. What is that? His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. So don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. And one translation says, tomorrow will worry about itself. That's good news. Well, if tomorrow is going to worry about it, and tomorrow is always going to be tomorrow, when I get to tomorrow, there's always a tomorrow in front of it. So if tomorrow is going to do the worrying for me, I can be in today and be just fine. Amen? So today, I just focus on today and winning today. Ruling and reigning today. That's good news right there. So don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow. Don't worry or be anxious. Don't worry or be anxious. He said again, don't worry or be anxious. For tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. So first, if it says seek first, what does that word first mean? It says it means coming before all others in time or order. Foremost in position, rank or importance, highest priority, main focus. Overriding. When I came into the kingdom of God, everything changed. Things that I had first 
We're not first anymore. First became God. Being in church became first. Being in class became first. Being there for praise team practice became first. The kingdom agenda, I moved it to the top of my list. On the way to church today, um, Murray didn't didn't have me on his favorites list. I'm like, what? That happened like after week three when we were dating on my phone. <laughs> but he didn't know how to do it. Yeah, he didn't know how to do it. I know I'm on his favorites list, but no funny things going on. So I moved, I moved myself to the top of his favorites list. Amen? Because I wasn't even on there. I said, babe, look, this will be so much easier. You don't have to go to contacts, put an S in. All you have to do is click this star and click the first one on there. And I said, look, there's an even easier way. Just push the button on the bottom and say, call Sally Snow. Calling Sally Snow. He's like, well, that's never worked before. I'm like, well, it works now. So you might need to rearrange your favorites list, right? Rearrange your favorites list. There might be some stuff you didn't even know, amen, that, that need to be reprioritized. Oh, he knows I love it. You do. He gives me a love call, y'all. This is the sweetest thing. Commercial break. He gives me a love call every morning while he's on his way to work. Because we have this little routine that we do every morning. The whole world. Everybody knows it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So there's just a little commercial break. Where in the world was I? Kingdom. First of all. Yes. First of all. So you might have to rearrange some things in your life and put the first things first. Amen. Prioritize God in your schedule. Prioritize prayer time. Prioritize Bible time. Prioritize the prayer call. It's important that you fellowship corporately with the church more than just coming in on Sunday and leaving right after it's important that we fellowship with one another in that prayer call. We ask everyone, how are you doing this morning? Do you have any prayer requests? It's a good way to stay connected. Amen. And I always got a little powerful word for you before we start praying. Amen. So it's, it's good for you to do it. Amen. So just prioritize that in there. So it's, it's the main focus. So seek first the kingdom. So we saw what first means. First means the main focus. It means overriding. You know, when I got saved, everything changed. My priority was God. Every single thing. I carried three translations of the Bible with me everywhere I went. Tracy can tell you she remembers. Everywhere I went in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. I carried it with me just in case God spoke a word I was ready. Man, I'm serious about that thing. I would play it. I would play it. You know, and God's been able to, to, to change my life and, 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 and use my life. But it says, seek first the kingdom. So what is the kingdom? It's a realm, a reign. A foundation of power, a pace, a base, a footing. So you've got to get your footing in the kingdom of God. Amen? You know, as a child learns to walk, and as you first come into the kingdom, you know, you learn, you're learning to walk. Amen? You're learning to pray. You're learning, you know, how to understand His Word. It's like, but you know, once you get your footing, once you learn how to decree and declare, once you learn how to say, oh, no devil, in Jesus' name. Once you learn how to be grown in the spirit, man, you get your footing. That's when, that's when you get in the devil's crosshairs right there too. And you got to learn how to fight. Amen? Amen? Just because you come in and you get suited up like a shoulder, you're going to take some fire. Amen. 
You go take some fire, and the more dangerous you become, the more fire you're going to take. But you know what? We're pressed, but we're not crushed. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. Might be struck down, but I ain't never going to be destroyed. The Lord God is my strength and my personal bravery and my invincible army. And he will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Hallelujah. We're making spiritual progress. That's what it's about. Rearranging your schedule. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind and keep focused habitually. You have to make it a focus to keep your mind set on the things above, the heavenly things. Not on, th- not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. You know, we have to remind ourselves, this world ain't my home. I'm only passing through. The Bible says your life is like a wind, a vapor, grass of the field, here today and gone tomorrow. But we're here for a purpose. And that short time that we're here, we got to make it count. Amen? But we're citizens of a home that we've never seen before. I like that old song, Beulah Land. I'm kind of homesick for a country I've never been before. Beulah Land, the place where, where there's no more crying, no more tears. The place that we're meant to live with Him. Amen? That's our eternal home. Eternal in the heavenlies. Eternally, eternally with Him. Amen? I'm not trying to be morbid like we all going to die, but we are. Amen. I'm here for this short amount of time with the dash between my birth and the day I go home to Jesus, my graduation day. The day he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Enter into your rest. Glory to God. I want to hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And wait up if you want to hear that too. Glory to God. Amen. Number two, a fruitful life is achieved through the power of my focus. The power of my focus. The difference between a light bulb and a laser is focus. And a laser is more powerful. Amen. Light can light up, but a laser can cut through something solid. Hallelujah. So focus. A fruitful life is achieved through the power of my focus. Focus is the center of interest or activity. So we want to seek. When we we seek first... You're looking for something. When you're looking for something, how many of you know you got to stay focused? Anybody ever played Where's Waldo? Yeah. Yes. You've got to focus. There's a lot of little things that look like Waldo that are not Waldo. And man, you got to stay focused. You know, have you ever been, been going, like you went into a room to look for something, you're like, what did I come in here for? Yes. Let me go back out. Where was I? Well, maybe I'll think, oh yeah, that's what it was. And then on the way, you see something and you're like, I did not just forget again when I came in here for it. Anybody else to do a double? Am I the only one? Maybe the older you get, you do a double. <laughs> or whenever you're, um, you go through, everybody's got that junk drawer, right? Everybody's got that junk drawer. And you open up that junk drawer and you're like, oh man, I forgot I even had that. Oh, man, now what was I looking for? You forget what you, you gotta stay, gotta stay focused. Man, Chi Chi, my little bird, loves to rummage. I mean, that's how I catch her sometimes. When I can't catch her, I'll open a drawer, she'll be like, And she'll fly over and land on the side of the door just so she can look in and see what's going on. The more I rummage around, the more excited she can. What are we going to find? What are we going to find? What's in there? What's in there? She loves it. But you got to stay focused when you're looking for something. Amen? We have to be careful that we don't get distracted. 
Please let, don't get distracted from our kingdom priority. Amen. The, king, the kingdom comes first. All right. So there's a great illustration for focused-minded people winning in life. And that is Gideon. When you think about Gideon, Gideon is over in Judges chapter 6 and 7. So I want you to make that your homework assignment and you read it this week. But Gideon, God calls Gideon because they have an enemy who has who has just come and raided them, taken all their food, taken their cattle, their animals. They just the, the Midianites were more in number than the sand. There were so many of them, they could not be counted, as the Bible said. And God, God comes to, to Gideon and says, you're a mighty man of valor. I want you to put together an army. So he gives a clarion call. And 32,000 men showed up. That's pretty good. If you could just, and they didn't have, they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have Twitter, they didn't have Facebook, they didn't have email, TV, radio, none of that. But he was able to get the word out and get 32,000 people to respond. That's powerful. Powerful. But God looks at this this army that Gideon is probably at this point feeling pretty good about, even though their enemy was way more than that. And God says, you got too many. Gideon's like, all right then. He said, well, tell everybody who's afraid. Everybody who's afraid, tell them to go home. 22,000 of them left. 22,000 people walked up the left. So I left them with 10,000, which is still a pretty good number of people. But not against an army that can't be counted. Left with 10,000 people. So, so the first people that he narrowed down were the chunks. The people who were afraid. Right? So 22,000 chunks walked away. And then he said, you got 10,000, but you still got too many. You still got too many. He said, so I want you to bring them down to the water and let me test them for you there. So God brought them down to the water and what did he do? He, he, had a, he said, just watch how they drink. And if they lean down and they put their face in the water and they don't stay focused, send them home. But the ones who bent down and kept their eyes on the battlefield, kept their eyes on the enemy and brought the water up to their mouth, they could stay. So he sent 10,000, the 9,700 chimps he sent home. Why did I say chimp? Because a chimp is all over the place. A chimp is all over the place, right? The one who put his face all down in the water. But somebody who's focused is a champ. Amen? So he ended up with three. He ended up with with 300 men who who were focused. 300 men. And with those 300 focused men, like a laser, he was able to win a war. Because 300 men that, that were all in one accord could stay focused. Amen? They could be in one accord. They could be in unity. And they could, they could get the will of God accomplished. Hallelujah. And so 300 focused on the battlefield um, were, were able to win the war. And so what I'm saying there is that we have to be focused. We have to be focused-minded people if we're going to win. You cannot be afraid. You cannot be afraid. So number three, a fruitful life is achieved through the power of ruling over fear. Fear is something we all experience. It's an emotion that you're all gonna, you're, we're all going to experience if we're alive. Amen? But we have to learn how to conquer fear. So here's, here's one of your star points right here. Is courage is not the absence of fear. It's ruling over fear. So we're going to experience fear, but you've got to rule over it. And courage doesn't mean you're not going to feel fear. So when you're like, well, I'm just waiting to not feel fear. You're going to feel fear even when you're being courageous. So you just have to rule over it. 
So it's ruling over fear. It's, it's doing it scared. Amen. With your knees knocking, your mouth is dry. You, you know, you, 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 your hands are sweaty. But, you, but you're going anyway. Amen. You're doing it anyway. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. Therefore I remind you to what? Stir up the gift of God which is in you. Through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a what? Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. And so you're never going to move forward in life. You're never going to reach for your dreams if you're afraid. You're never going to be able to have a fruitful life and move past where you are until you conquer fear. It says, but the, but, but, uh, he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power and of love and of a what? A sound mind. Amplified says, that is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of. Fan the flame of and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. So God is saying that the gift of God that's in you, that love, power, and sound mind is like a fire. And you've got to keep it stirred up. Keep it fanned. He's saying you've got to fan it. You've got to keep it burning. You've got to rekindle the embers. You've got to keep it stirred up. The gift of God has to be stirred up if you're going to get rid of the spirit of fear. Amen? You have to keep that burning and keep it stirred up on the inside of you. Here's your next star point. A fire requires constant what? Focus. So it requires. A fire requires. It's your next blank. A fire requires constant focus. You know that lion's feed, that one of the pastors that, that preached at our church when I first got saved, he, he was so instrumental. Jack probably remembers Don Norman. He used to from South Africa, and he would come and preach at our church. He, he preached right here. He preached at this church. But he said lion's feed. He said, watch, uh, he said uh, be, be careful or be vigilant because be watchful, be, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking someone he may devour. See, he was from South Africa, so he knew all about those lions and where they feed. Lions feed when the fire goes out. If you're out in the bush in Africa, you've got to keep a fire going or the, or the lions will come in. They're, they're bold. But he says, lions feed where the fires go out. And lions feed on the fringes of the herd. So you don't want to be on the fringes. If you're planted in the kingdom of God, you can't, you can't, you can't be on the fringes in one church, in church one week and out the next. I'm saying, you know, you can miss every now and then, but I'm telling you, faithfulness is where God has taken us this year. God has caused us to be planted by the rivers of water. Take it to another level. God is saying, kick it up. What if I were to tell you that there's a persecution coming to the church, that if you're not in church, you're not going to be able to stand against it. We're in the last days. There's a persecution coming that I got to preach you to get ready for. We've got to be ready for it. You've got to be ready to handle what's coming. If our Bible is true, and it is, in the last 100 years, look at the prophetic that has happened in Israel alone. 100 years ago in 1917, Israel was nothing. It was so desolate that Mark Twain said, nothing can live here. This place is uninhabitable. That was a hundred years ago, 1917. They were given back the land. And then in, in 1947, they, they became a nation again. And then in the Six-Day War in 1967, they were given back Jerusalem. And they came from all over the corners of the earth. See, all the 1900 or 2000 years before that, nobody could understand how the return of Christ could come, how the end times could 
Israel over the last 100 years. Did you know that God said that the desert in Israel would bloom? Israel was a desert. Do you know now that Israel is the, the, one of the major exporters of flowers and fruit in the world? That is one of the most fertile places in the world that the Hebrew language has been restored to them? They spoke all different languages. Why? They were scattered for 2,000 years. They were not a nation for 2,000 years. And suddenly, within the last 100 years, Israel has become a nation. And then Donald Trump, just this last year, in I guess 2017, on Jubilee again, he declared that Jerusalem would be the capital of Israel. Everything's ready for them to build the third temple. And when you study prophetically what happens when the third temple is there, that's where the Antichrist comes in. Do you understand how close we are? He said, you don't be laying out of church. He says, don't, don't give up meeting together as, as becomes the habit of some. He says, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. He said he's coming like a thief in the night. Did he not? Didn't he say I'm coming like a thief in the night? He's coming on a day when not expected. It's going to be like when when Noah, like in the days of Noah, they'll be marrying and giving in marriage. Didn't he say that? It'd be just like in the days of Noah. Oh yeah, there's Noah building that boat. Yeah, there's a flood coming. Ha ha ha. Right. Come on, pastor. What's a flood? Come on, pastor. It's the truth. See, we can't get caught napping, sleeping. It's time to be awake. It's time to be on your toes. It's time to be like the seven wise uh, virgins who got up and, and, and put oil in their lamps. They had extra oil in their lamps. Amen. Amen. And if you're not in church, if you're not hearing the word, you can get caught napping. It's easy to just flow in with the world. And that's not who we're called to be. Amen. We're called to shine in the darkness. Yeah. And you can't shine by yourself. We need each other. This is the day for the church to rise up. That's why God is, 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 this is the year of fruitfulness. But we got to decide to get planted. I've decided that my life is never going to be the same. I've decided that this year is is about about God's business. It's about the, the Father's business. My life is not my own. Time is short. What if time was shorter than we thought? Come on now. Will he find faith in the earth when he returns? Will we be faithful? Will we? Be, will he really find faith in us? It's time to stir that up. It's time to stir it up. It's time. It's high time. Who? Amen. Amen. First John. So First John four eighteen. The message says, "But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. A fearful life is crippling. A fearful life is crippling." But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Your next star point. When I focus on the perfect love of God, fear is cast out. So when you, when you begin to feel fear, focus on the love of God. We got to be like Paul. I'm persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Nothing can separate me from his love. So it's hard to be afraid when you focus on on, uh, on him, when you focus on his love, that he loves me too much to let me fail. He never leave me, he never forsake me, amen. For God so loved, he greatly loved the dearly prized the world that he gave his only begotten son, amen. 
Hallelujah. See, when we get full of fear, we get too fearful of focus. And fear shuts down the creative process. It shuts down forward progress. So you've heard the term frozen in fear? Yes. So you have to come out of fear. Amen? Amen. All right, number four. A fruitful life is achieved through the power of being faithful to priorities. We have to be faithful to our priorities. You know, in, in Psalms, there's 150 chapters in Psalms. And what I love about God is this right out from the gate in Psalms chapter 1. He lets us know what it's all about right here. That when we disconnect from worldly disorder and thinking, and when we give our attention and focus to His Word, His ways, that our lives will prosper and be fruitful. Amen. Psalm 1, 2 through 3, it says, But His delight is what? In the law of the Lord. And in His law, He what? Meditates day and night. He's focused. He shall be like a what? A tree planted by the rivers of water that what? Brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, that's where I'm living this year. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So it can be summed up with this one word from Jesus right here. Matthew 6, 30 through 34 in the message, it says, If God gives such attention to the appearance of the wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who know God and the way he works, underline that, people who know God and the way he works, Fuss, oh, sorry. People who don't know God and the way He works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how He works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. So you don't you don't get in fear. He says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it's been sown in our hearts. And God, we thank you that you put us here to shine and to rule. To rule over the darkness, God. You put us here to grow into Christ-like maturity. To the standard height of Christ's own perfection. You've raised us up for such a time as this. You put us in the earth to bear fruit. And not just fruit. But tremendous fruit that remains. So Father we give our lives to you. We surrender to you wholeheartedly. Everything we have. Everything that we are Lord God day by day. We wake up and we surrender to you once again. Father we say have your way. Have your way in our lives. Father may we grow. May we, may we grow into Christ like maturity. May we be all that you purposed us to be. Everything that you said. Father may we be that. May we become that. May we, may we be faithful in our commitments. Faithful. To you, Lord God, faithful in our prayer time, faithful in the word, so that, Lord, we're ready. We're ready. Lord, we have extra oil in our lamps. Father, we know what time it is. It's easy to see the signs of the times. So, Father, we praise you this morning. We we just glorify you, God. We thank you you that you reserved us for the last kick of the race. That you put us here because you knew who we'd be. And what we would do. That we would say yes sir. 
Thank you, Father. We praise you. We give you glory. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that we're bearing a hundredfold return in your word. In Jesus' mighty name, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, you'd say, Pastor Sally, I'm here today, but I'm not right with God. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. I know that I haven't been living my life for Him, but I want to get on the right track with Him today. I want to give Him absolutely every area so I can become all that He's called me to be. God has a plan for your life that involves more than just living. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. So you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Ellie, I'm not right with God, but I want to get right with God. I want to give Him my heart, my life, all, all that I am. I want to give my life to Him. The good news is that Jesus paid your sin penalty for you. We talked about it during communion. He was innocent, but He came and went to the cross for each one of us and paid our sin, our sin penalty. Because the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin or the penalty for sin is death. So he went to the cross and took our sins upon himself. And the Bible says they took him down. They put him in a tomb. The Bible says on the third day that they went to anoint his body with oil. And when they got there, the stone was already rolled away. An angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He has risen. Amen. And he's alive forevermore. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession and to pray for each and every one of us. So this morning, you'd say, Pastor Sally, I want to start my life off with Christ. I want to accept the free gift of salvation. In a moment, I'm just going to lead you in a very simple prayer. If you pray this prayer and you really mean it in your heart, I'm telling you, God is listening. He's hearing you right now. He is listening to your voice. He is excited that your heart has become tender towards Him. And he's ready with a robe and a ring. He's got. He's ready to throw his arms around you and accept you into his family as his own child. So I'm going to lead you in this simple prayer. If you say this prayer, you really mean it in your heart. Everything's about to change. You're about to become a child of God. Part of the family of God. This is a really holy moment. So just repeat after me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up. Sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I'm sure I didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to pay my sin penalty. And I believe you raised him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, you just became a part of the family of God. You've just been born again, the Bible says. You've been spiritually reborn and you've become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And what you have to do is to let somebody know that you've made that decision. And the way that you do it is I just want you to fill out the connection card. And on the back there's a place where you can put a check mark that says, yes, I choose Jesus as Lord of my life. And then you're just going to take this card. When we do, we're going to receive our offering in just a moment. And when we do, I want you to just drop this card in the offering and I'll make sure that I get it. 
and I'll give you a call, let you know what your next steps are. But nobody gets to sneak into heaven. You got to let somebody know that you've chosen Jesus. And the way that we do it here is just by having you just put a check mark on the, on the card so that you can let me know that you prayed that prayer today and you've become a part of the family of God.